episode number 239, and specifically, it's a batch episode of poems from prior episodes. The first poem is from episode number 56, and it is The Walrus and the Carpenter by Lewis Carroll. Second poem is from episode number 93, and it is Loxley Hall by Alfred Dennison. Both of these poems have a very hypnotic rhythm that probably put your squirrels right into a sleepy trance. If you would like to enjoy over 15 more episodes of Sleep Whispers, then feel free to click the link in the episode notes or visit sleepwhispers.com. You can also enter my current giveaway and win a Merino sleep mask or pillow-friendly wireless headphones called Sleep Phones Effortless. right now, which means those are great odds for you to win, so tap the link in the episode notes to enter the giveaway, because it ends soon on February 25th, 2021. Now, I'm sure you've noticed that I have music the start of each episode, but not throughout the rest of my episodes, and maybe you wished I did, (laughs) but I've just decided that my episodes will be all whispers without any music, but I do have some good news. My friend Andrew a sleep podcast called Send Me to Sleep, and his sleepy stories do lie on a soft bed of gentle music. Just search for Send Me to Sleep in your podcast player, or tap the link in the episode notes. So, selection of sleep podcasts to choose from, and in addition to listening to podcasts at bedtime, you may also want to try some CBD products from Premium Jane, a sponsor of this episode. CBD is a natural substance in hemp plant researched for its clinical potential for reducing stress, increasing calmness, and inducing healthy sleep. There are lots of ways you can try it. Premium Jane offers CBD 
I selected the walrus and the carpenter specifically because it has a methodical rhyme pattern, which I think will be helpful to fall asleep. And it is also somewhat interesting because the characters are very strange. And the story is somewhat nonsensical. So I guess you would expect that because Lewis Carroll, who wrote this poem, also wrote Alice in Wonderland. So crazy stories are kind of a Lewis Carroll thing. and the Carpenter by Lewis Carroll The sun was shining on the sea shining with all his might He did his very best to make the billows smooth and bright. And this was odd because it was the middle of the night. The moon was shining sulkily because she thought the sun got no business to be there after the day was done. It's very rude of him, she said, to come and spoil the fun. The sea was wet, as wet could be. The sands were dry as dry. You could not see a cloud because no cloud was in the sky. No birds were flying overhead. There were no birds to fly.
Jefferson Carpenter. We'll walk close at hand. They wept like anything to see. Such quantities of sand. If this were only cleared away, they said, it would be grand. With seven maids, with seven mops, swept it for half a year. Do you suppose, the walrus said, that they could get it clear? I doubt it, said the carpenter, and shed a bitter tear. Oh, oysters, come and walk with us. The walrus did beseech. A pleasant walk, a pleasant dock. Briny Beach. We cannot do with more than four to give a hand to each. The eldest oyster looked at him, but never a word he said. The eldest oyster his eye and shook his heavy head, meaning to say he did not choose to leave the oyster bed. But four young oysters hurried up, all eager for the treat. their faces washed, their shoes were clean and neat, and this was odd because, you know, they hadn't any feet. Four other oysters followed them, and yet another four. They came at last, and more, and more, and more. All hopping through the frothy waves, and scrambling to the shore. The walrus and the carpenter. on a mile or so. And then they rested on a rock, conveniently low. And all the little 
cloister stood and waited in a row. The time has come, the walrus said, to talk of many things. Of shoes and ships and sealing wax, of cabbages and kings, and why the sea is boiling hot, and whether pigs have wings. But wait a bit, the oysters cried. Have our chat. For some of us are out of breath, and all of us are that. No hurry, said the carpenter. They thanked him much for that. said, is what we chiefly need. Pepper and vinegar besides are very good indeed. Now if you're ready, oysters dear, we can begin to feed. Not on us, the oysters cried, turning a little blue. After such kindness that would be a dismal thing to do. The night is fine, the walrus said. Do you admire the view? was so kind of you to come, and you are very nice. The carpenter said nothing but, cut us another slice. I wish you were not quite so deaf. I've had to ask you twice. a shame, the walrus said, to play them such a trick. After we've brought them out so far, and made them trot so quick, the carpenter said nothing but, the butter's spread too thick. For you, the walrus said, I do.
sympathize. size holding his pocket handkerchief before his streaming eyes oh oysters said the carpenter you've had a pleasant run Shall we be trotting home again? But answer came there none. And this was scarcely odd because they'd eaten everyone. Tonight's fade out is going to be the poem by Alfred Tennyson titled Locksley Hall. It is about the emotions of a young man who comes back to his childhood home, which is the fictional Locksley Hall. According to Tennyson, the poet who wrote it, he says that the poem represents, quote, young life, its good side, its deficiencies, and its yearnings, end quote. And I guess because poetry is art, and art is interpretation, as you listen, you can decide what it means to you. Locksley Hall by Alfred Tennyson Comrades, leave me here a little while as yet tis early morn. Sound upon the bugle horn. Tis the place, and all around it, as of old, the curlews call. Dreary gleams about the moorland flying over Locksley Hall. Locksley Hall distance overlooks the sandy tracks and the hollow ocean ridges roaring into cataracts. Many a night from yonder ivied casement ere I went to rest did I look on great Orion sloping slowly to the west I saw the pliants rising through the mellow shade 
like a swarm of fireflies tangled in a silver braid. Here about the beach I wandered, nourishing a youth sublime with the fairy tales of science and the long result of time. centuries behind me, like a fruitful land reposed, when I clung to all the present for the promise that it closed, when I dipped into the future far as human eye could see, saw the vision of the world and all the wonder that would be. In the spring a full of crimson comes upon the robin's breast. In the spring the wanton lapwing gets himself another crest. In the spring a livelier iris changes on the burnished dove. In the spring a young man's fancy lightly turns to thoughts of love. Then her cheek was pale and thinner than should be for one so young. And her eyes on all my motions with a mute observance hung. And I said, My cousin Amy, speak, and speak the truth to me. Trust me, cousin, all the current of my being sets to thee. On her pallid cheek and forehead came a color and a light. I have seen the rosy red flushing in the northern night. Then she turned, her bosom shaken with a sudden storm of sighs. All the spirit deeply dawning in the dark of hazel eyes, saying, I have hid my feelings, fearing they should do me wrong, saying, Dost thou love me, cousin, weeping, I have loved thee long. Love took up the glass of time and turned it in his glowing hands. Every moment lightly shaken, ran itself in golden sands. Love took up the harp of life and smote on all the chords with might. Smote the chord itself that, trembling, passed in music out of sight. 
Cassie's ring. And it whispers along my pulses with the fullness of the spring. Many an evening by the waters did we watch the stately ships and the spirits rush together at the touching of the lips. Oh, my cousin, shallow-hearted. Oh, my Amy, mine no more. Oh, the dreary, dreary moorland. Oh, the barren, barren shore. Walsa, than all fancy fathoms. Walsa, than all songs have sung. Father's threat, and servile to a shrewish tongue. Is it well to wish thee happy, having known me to decline on a range of lower feelings and a narrower heart than mine? shall be, thou shalt lower to his level day by day. What is fine within a grown course to sympathize with clay? As the husband is, the wife is, thou art mated with a clown, and the grossness of his nature have weight to drag thee down. He will hold thee when his passion shall have spent its novel force. Something better than his dog, a little dearer than his horse. What is this? His eyes are heavy. Think not they are glazed with wine. Go to him, it is thy duty, kiss him, take his hand in thine. It may be my lord is weary, that his brain is overwrought. Soothe him with thy finer fancies, touch him with thy lighter thought. Answer to the purpose. Easy things to understand. Better thou were dead before me, though I slew thee with my hand. Better thou when I were lying, hidden from the heart's disgrace, rolled in one another's arms, and silent in a last embrace. Cursed be the social wants that sin against the strength of youth. Cursed be the social lies that warp us from the living truth.
must be the sickly forms that err from honest nature's rule. Cursed be the cold that gilds the straightened forehead of the fool. Well, tis well that I should bluster. Hadst thou less unworthy proved. Would to God, for I had loved thee more than ever life was loved. I hope you are deeply relaxed. better, deeply asleep. Good night. Sleep well.